This is the broadcast voice of Marshall University. WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone, for this Monday, August 1st, 2022. I'm Mike Stanley. And I'm David Atkins. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, hopes for justice fading in Beirut explosion. All on your only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News. Sequoia Ware will be in with a Metro Huntington weather forecast, and the current temperature outside is a... 87 degrees. And now on to our top story. A Texas man convicted of storming the U.S. Capitol with a holstered handgun, helmet, and body armor was sentenced today to 87 months, more than seven years in prison. It is the longest sentence imposed so far among hundreds of Capitol insurrection cases. Prosecutors said Guy Reffitt told fellow members of the Texas Three Percenters Militia Group that he planned to drag House Speaker Nancy Pelosi out of the Capitol building by her ankles, quote, with her head hitting every step on the way down, unquote according to a court filing. Reppet was the first person to go on trial for the January 6, 2021 attack. It has been two years since a warehouse full of ammonium nitrate at Beirut's port exploded, destroying large parts of the city, killing more than 215 people and injuring thousands. The disaster continues to ripple. A section of the silos collapsed yesterday in a huge cloud of dust. Many families are losing hope of ever finding justice. The catastrophe was widely blamed on the corruption, mismanagement, and incompetence of Lebanon's politicians. Those political powers have so far thwarted the investigation and attempts to charge officials over the deaths. Families of victims also say that their fellow Lebanese have increasingly forgotten them as people struggle to survive Lebanon's economic collapse. When he takes office shortly, Colombia's first leftist president will need to decide what to do about the GPS satellite trackers installed in the bulletproof, government-assigned vehicles that keep tabs in real time on more than 3,700 high-risk individuals, including journalists, human rights and indigenous activists, and labor organizers. Privacy experts call the system illegal and disproportionate, posing unnecessary risks of abuse by malicious insiders or hackers in a country where right-wing, right-wing extremists have infiltrated security agencies. The GPS system's existence was unknown until a journalist got a tip and made a public records request. Since Brittany Griner last appeared in her trial for cannabis possession, the question of her fate has expanded from a cramped courtroom in Moscow's outskirts to the highest level of Russia-U.S. diplomacy. The WNBA star and two-time Olympic gold medalist is to return to court tomorrow. That is a month after the beginning of the trial in which she could face 10 years in prison if convicted. As the trial has progressed, the Biden administration has faced rising calls for action to win her release. In an extraordinary move, Secretary of State Antony Blinken last week spoke to his Russian counterpart, Sergei Lavrov, urging him to accept a deal under which Greiner and Paul Wellen, an American imprisoned in Russia on espionage conviction, would go free. 
A group of top climate scientists say the world needs to think about the ultimate climate catastrophe, human extinction, and how possible it is. They are calling on the world's main climate science body to look at the ultimate climate catastrophes, no matter how remotely unlikely they are. They say the worst of the worst case scenarios are being ignored. The scientists say they are not likely to happen, but need to be studied so we can be sure. It's smart risk management to know how remotely possible the very worst is, they say, so the world can better avoid it. Coming up, Senator Manchin uncertain whether he wants his party to win in November. That and more news from across the tri-state when News Center 88 returns right after this. Fake Litton throws to the left, finds Tyree Brady. He breaks out of a tackle at the 35-yard line. He's across midfield. He's inside the 40. It's a foot race to the end zone. Can he get there? Yes, he will. Tyree Brady wins the foot race, a 75-yard touchdown for the Thundering Herd. Lays down a bunt, just barely stays fair. The throw to first, not in time. Crossing the plate is Jordan Cauliflower. A walk-off bunt single from Morgan Zirkle. The Thundering Herd get the win, 1-0 in the bottom of the seventh inning. Pinabo with a behind the back dribble, gets around the defender, and a great pass underneath for Miovich with another great pass. He finds a wide open C.J. Burks, and Burks drills the triple. Burks now four points off of tying his career high. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best newscast in the state of West Virginia by the Associated Press. I'm Mike Stanley. And I'm David Atkins. The Ohio Supreme Court has upheld the death penalty for a man convicted of killing a couple whose house and dog he was caring for while they were away on vacation. Death row inmate George Brinkman was convicted of the 2017 deaths of Rajal and Roberta John and sentenced to death by a three-judge Stark County panel. The state Supreme Court on Thursday rejected arguments by Brinkman's attorneys that he should be spared because of childhood abuse he suffered and mental health issues. Brinkman received a second death sentence for a triple slaying the same year, but successfully appealed and is awaiting a new trial. Democratic Senator Joe Manchin is declining to endorse Joe Biden if the president seeks a second term in 2024 and is refusing to say whether he wants Democrats to retain control of Congress after the November elections. Manchin, who's one of Democrats' most conservative and contrarian members, made his comments during interviews on the Sunday news shows. He also expressed hope that fellow Democratic Senator Kirsten Sinema will back the party's package of climate, health care, and tax initiatives that Manchin helped negotiate. She joined Manchin last year in forcing cuts and changes in larger versions of the plan. Support from every Democrat in the 50-50 Senate is needed to overcome anticipated unanimous Republican opposition. A Kentucky cultural center known for crom- Chronicling Appalachian life is cleaning up and assessing its losses. Like much of its stricken region, Apple Shop has been swamped by historic flood. The water inundated downtown Whitesburg and southeastern Kentucky, causing extensive damage to the renowned repository of Appalachian history and culture. 
Some losses are likely permanent after raging water soaked or swept away some of Apple Shop's treasure trove of historical material. That includes archives documenting the region's past. Apple Shop Executive Director Alex Gibson says it's, quote, gut-riching, unquote, to see the damage. But sounding the same note as others in the region, he says Apple Shop will recover. A trial is starting in South Carolina where lawyers for several death row prisoners are arguing that the electric chair, as well as the newly established but so far unused firing squad, are cruel and unusual punishments. South Carolina has not executed anyone since 2011 because the state's lethal injection drugs expired and pharmacies have refused to sell it more. The General Assembly passed a law in 2021 requiring condemned inmates to choose between electrocution or firing squad if the lethal injection drugs were not available. Four prisoners, either out of or nearly out of appeals for their, to their death sentences, sued, and their execution dates were postponed. In Wisconsin, a judge has awarded about $163,000 in fees to attorneys for the liberal watchdog group American Oversight in an open records lawsuit it brought against the investigator hired by Republican Assembly Speaker Robin Voss to investigate the 2020 election. The fees add to the total cost of the investigation and is now over $1 million, all paid by Wisconsin taxpayers. Dan County Circuit Judge Frank Remington's order today was the second in a week against Voss and the investigator he hired, former Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman. Another judge last week awarded just over $98,000 to American Oversight in another open records case. Coming up next, armored man charged with lurking near Iranian distance home. That and more news from around the nation when News Center 88 returns. Stay with us. Camp Randall Stadium. Happy to have you along this Saturday afternoon. Back inside Reed Green Coliseum in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Bobby Edding Sportsside bringing you all tonight's action. Marshall Trail Southern Miss. On the sky deck from Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in Greenville, North Carolina. ECU leads the Thundering Herd. To the home center, Boone, North Carolina. Andrew Anspacker on board. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage. WMUL-FM, Huntington. and welcome to the Music Request Hotline. Please state the name of the genre you'd like to hear. Alternative? You said hip-hop. If that's correct, please say yes. No. You have confirmed hip-hop. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. I said alternative. Country you want to hear? No, no, no. Country it is. No, you I said, said alternative. Sports. Alternative rock. Music. No, no, okay, no, Tired of ignored requests? No, no, Call 696-6651 and get what you asked for on WMUL-FM. Welcome back to News Center 88. Voted Best News Program by the National Broadcasting Society. I'm Mike Stanley. And I'm David Atkins. A psychiatrist says that the parents of a Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting victim live with a complex form of post-traumatic stress disorder and a constant fear that followers of conspiracy theorist Alex Jones will kill them. Roy Lubin, a forensic psychiatrist hired by plaintiffs Neil Heslin and Scarlett Lewis, to review the trauma they faced, testified today at Jones's defamation trial in Austin. The psychiatrist said that, quote, 
overwhelming cause, unquote, of their ongoing trauma is Jones's claims that the 2012 massacre was a hoax or a fake. Six educators and 20 students were killed, including the plaintiff's son, Jesse. The trial is to be, is determined how, my apologies, the trial is to determine how much Jones owes to the parents for defaming them. They are seeking at least $150 million. Authorities have charged a man with lurking near the New York City home of an Iranian dissident with an assault rifle. Masih Alanijad said today that authorities told her the man was looking for her and that she believes he was there to kill her. The suspect, Khalid Medyev, has been locked up without bail and his lawyer declined to comment. The U.S. Attorney's Office also would not talk about the case beyond what for now is a gun possession charge. Last year, U.S. prosecutors charged an Iranian intelligence officer and three others with plotting to kidnap Alinejad. Few Americans outside law enforcement ever see the most graphic videos or photos from the nation's worst mass shootings. In most states, such evidence is only displayed at trial and most such killers die during their attacks. They never make it to court. That makes the penalty phase in the trial over the 2018 murders of 17 at Parkland, Florida's Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, unusual. Images of the horrific aftermath are being shown in court, but only to jurors and to a small group of journalists. Some people believe the public should see such images also, so they can understand the carnage AR-15s and similar guns cause. Others say that would cause emotional harm to the victims' families and perhaps stoke future mass shootings. After 21 idle wells were found to be leaking methane, some of them explosive levels of it, in Bakersfield, California, in May and June, the California Air Resources Board told the Associated Press that it is not tallying leaks from idle wells. That means officials cannot include those leaks in their total emissions counts. That's significant because methane is a potent greenhouse gas and law requires the state to ramp down all of its carbon emissions to zero. The state plans to use new satellite sensors to get a count. And a new proposal in the U.S. Senate would provide hundreds of millions of dollars to address this issue nationwide. Across the United States, COVID-19 relief money is helping to subsidize growing numbers of big city schools with small numbers of students. When the money runs out in a few years, officials will face a difficult choice. Keep the schools open despite the financial strain or close them, upsetting communities looking for stability for their children. In an analysis by Chalkbeat and the Associated Press shows more than one in five New York City elementary schools had fewer than 300 students last year. In Los Angeles, that figure was over one in four. In Chicago, it has grown to nearly one in three. Coming up next, Lindsey Graham challenges subpoena about 2020 election. Your daily political update when News Center 88 returns right after this. Freedom of speech means freedom of speech means freedom to say I don't like the cafeteria food. I'm pro-choice. I'm bipolar. I want change in my government. The freedom to say I'm Republican. 
and I'm gay. As, as long, long as, as it's, it's not, not hurting, hurting anyone, anyone, whatever I say, whatever I say, I have the freedom. I have the freedom. I to have say the it. freedom to say it. This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation, the Broadcast Education Association, Robert R. McCormick Foundation, and this station. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Mike Stanley. And I'm David Atkins. In one of this year's most competitive U.S. Senate races, the Pennsylvania, for Pennsylvania, the biggest moments are not playing out on the campaign trail. They're on social media. In one stunt, Democrat John Fetterman is trying to get his Republican rival enshrined in New Jersey's Hall of Fame. It's a nod to Dr. Mehmet Oz moving from New Jersey to Pennsylvania to run. Fetterman also has New Jersey icons recording videos telling Oz to come home. The stunts are cheap and potentially potent ways for Fetterman to define Oz. Republicans acknowledge that Vetterman's social media game is top-notch, but they say many voters do not see the material and its missing issues like inflation that voters consider when casting ballots. Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina is challenging a subpoena to testify before a special grand jury investigating whether then-President Donald Trump and others broke any laws when they tried to overturn Joe Biden's win in Georgia. Graham's lawyers wrote in a court filing Friday that the South Carolina Republican received a subpoena ordering him to appear before the special grand jury August 23rd. Graham wants to have the challenge to the subpoena heard in federal court in Atlanta rather than before the Fulton County Superior Court judge overseeing the special grand jury. Fulton County's district attorney says Graham called Georgia's Secretary of State and members of his staff after Trump's loss and asked about re-examining absentee ballots. The White House is making more than $1 billion available to states addressing flooding and extreme heat exacerbated by climate change. Vice President Kamala Harris is set to announce the grant programs today at an event in Miami with the head of the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA, and other officials. Harris called climate change a, quote, urgent, unquote, crisis, as she detailed Biden administration efforts to respond to disasters such as deadly flooding in Kentucky and wildfires ravaging her home state of California. The competitive grants will help communities across the nation prepare for and respond to climate-related disasters. The White House is criticizing Beijing's rhetoric over an expected visit by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to Taiwan, and vowing the United States, quote, will not take the bait or engage in saber-rattling, unquote. White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby today underscored that the decision whether to visit the self-ruled island that China claims as its own was ultimately Pelosi's. Kirby said administration officials are concerned that China could use the visit as an excuse to take provocative retaliatory steps, including military action such as firing missiles in the Taiwan Strait or around Taiwan. Local media in Taiwan say Pelosi is expected to arrive tomorrow night. Primary elections are being held in six states tomorrow. In Missouri, scandal-ridden former Governor Eric Greitens is attempting a political comeback in his campaign for U.S. Senate. In Michigan, a crowd field of Republican gubernatorial candidates is includes a man charged in the January 6, 2021 insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. 
in Arizona, a prominent figure in the QAnon conspiracy movement is running for the House. Three House Republicans who voted to cross party lines to impeach President Donald Trump over the deadly insurrection are also on the ballot tomorrow. And coming up, Sequoia Ware will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast, and we will be back with updates on the Russia-Ukraine war. Stay with us. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the WMUL request line singer. Oh man, we're out of range. I'll miss all of my favorite music. No worries. With WMUL's 24-7 live stream, the cutting edge of your radio dial becomes the cutting edge of your phone, too. Just go to marshall.edu slash WMUL and your favorite music goes wherever you do. I'll pull it up now, just in time for more music. Call 696-6651 now. DJs are standing by. High school students from around the world come to spend a semester or year in area schools. Your family can learn about Germany, China, Finland, or another country by hosting a student. International Experience is a nonprofit that facilitates international exchange, and they invite you to share your home with a student who will become a part of your family. To learn more, contact International Experience at 888-266-2921. That's 888-266-2921, or visit ie-usa.com. 888-266-2921. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Sequoia Ware, and now it's time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. It is currently a partly cloudy 87 degrees outside of the WMUL studios. Today, the high is 89 and the low is 71 degrees. We are starting August off with humid weather and partly cloudy skies today. As we cool down tonight, the humidity may bring on some thunderstorms leading into tomorrow morning. Excessive downpours can cause flooding. An aerial flood watch for the Tri-State was released at 1 p.m. today and will last until 8 a.m. tomorrow. Tomorrow we will have a high of 85 and a low of 71 degrees. Showers will likely continue into the day tomorrow. However, tomorrow evening the showers will likely lift and give way to partly cloudy skies. Looking towards the rest of the week, the sunshine will start to peak out more Wednesday with a high of 89 and a low of 74 degrees. Thursday and Friday will both be hot and humid days, staying in the high 80s and low 90s. Today in weather history, in 1985, thunderstorms and hail were swallowing a small town in Wyoming. The nearly stationary thunderstorm deluged Cheyenne, Wyoming with rain and hail. Six inches of rain fell in six hours, producing the most damaging flash flood of record for the state. Two to five feet of hail covering the ground following the storm which claimed 12 lives and caused $65 million in property damage. Thank you, weatherology.com, for that information, and accuweather.com for our forecast reports. Currently outside the WMUL studios, it is a partly cloudy 87 degrees. That's your Metro Huntington weather forecast for News Center 88. I'm Sequoia Ware. Thanks, Sequoia. Now on to Russia and Ukraine news. Authorities say a small explosive device carried by a makeshift drone blew up yesterday at the headquarters of Russia's Black Sea Fleet on the Crimean Peninsula, wounding six people. The attack prompted the cancellation of ceremonies honoring Russia's navy there. 
there has been no immediate claim of responsibility, but the seemingly improvised small-scale nature of the attack raised the possibility that it was the work of Ukrainian insurgents trying to drive out Russian forces. Even as the Russian war machine crawls across Ukraine's east, trying to achieve the Kremlin's goal of securing a full control over the country's industrial heartland of the Donbas, Ukrainian forces are scaling up attacks to reclaim territory in the south. The Ukrainian troops have made inroads into the Russian defenses and used U.S.-supplied rocket launchers to strike bridges and military infrastructure in the south, forcing Moscow to divert its forces from the Donbas to counter the new threat. With the war in Ukraine now in its sixth month, the coming weeks may prove decisive for the outcome of the conflict. The first ship carrying Ukrainian grain has set out from the port of Odessa. The departure of the ship laden with corn follows an internationally brokered deal that is expected to finally allow large stores of Ukrainian crops to reach foreign markets and ease a growing hunger crisis. The Sierra Leone flagged cargo ship Rizoni departed Odessa this morning headed for Lebanon. Russia and Ukraine signed separate agreements with Turkey and the UN, clearing the way for Ukraine to export 22 million tons of grain and other agricultural goods that have been stuck in Black Sea ports because of Russia's invasion. Ukraine is one of the world's key breadbaskets. Rising concern over the impact of a potential Russian gas cutoff is fueling the debate in Germany over whether the country should switch off its last three nuclear power plants as planned at the end of this year. The door to some kind of extension appeared to open a crack after the economy ministry in mid-July announced a new stress test on the security of electricity supplies. It is supposed to take into account a tougher scenario than a previous test concluded in May that found supplies were assured. Since then, Russia has reduced natural gas supplies through the Nord Stream 1 pipeline to Germany to 20% of capacity amid tensions over the war in Ukraine. Coming up, Spain's Prime Minister cuts some political ties. Stay tuned. You're listening to West Virginia's first public radio station. Public radio? What does that mean? No commercials. First all I'm trying to say is maybe uh, no commercials is a good idea. Help build ratings. So crank up the commercial-free sound of WMUL FM 88.1, and we guarantee you won't hear one single commercial. Would you believe that someone could go in for cancer treatment and end up infected with hepatitis C? I'm Evelyn McKnight, and that's what happened to me, because a healthcare worker reused a syringe during my chemotherapy. This should never happen, but in fact, thousands of people have been exposed to serious infections because of unsafe injections. Don't let it happen to you. Learn what questions to ask your healthcare provider to protect your health or even save your life. To find out more, go to oneandonlycampaign.org. Do it today. And finally, today on News Center 88, Spain's leader has cut political ties with neckties. Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez wants the government officials and people in the private sector to abandon tie-wearing, reinforcing his position 
by attending a news conference in an open-necked white shirt and blue jacket. Sanchez says going tireless will save energy. Spain has sweltered for more than a month now, with temperatures in spots reaching 104 degrees, and the government has been urging people to reduce electricity costs by not overusing air conditioning. It looks like no one wants to bother to fill an open council seat in the South Carolina town of Chapin. A special election is set for September 13th to replace a councilwoman who resigned last month. But apparently no one thinks the seat is special enough to run for. No candidates bothered to file for a spot on the ballot by Friday's deadline. So there will be no names on the ballot, and the winner will be the person who gets the most write-in votes. The bark of Superman's dog Crypto was not as strong as its box office bite, though it was close. The animated DC League of Super Pets tops the weekend movie list, taking in $23 million in its North America debut. It was expected to take in $25 million, but its total was more than enough to grab the top spot on the weekend list. Jordan Peele's Nope falls to the second with $18.6 million followed by Thor Love and Thunder with $13.1 million. And that does it for this summer edition of News Center 88. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University in the tri-state area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu. For David Atkins, Sequoia Ware, Zane Bowles, and the entire News Center 88 team, I'm Mike Stanley, and your thought of the day is... A single sunbeam is enough to drive away many shadows. Francis of Assisi.